So we're about three weeks into our winter retreat and uh, certainly feeling enjoyable, pleasant, comfortable for me anyway. Seems like everybody else is benefiting and uh, you know, being uh, diligent, putting forth effort. You know, it's something that the Buddha, there's a refrain that comes up in many, many suttas. An effort should be made to see dukkha, an effort should be made to see the cause of dukkha, an effort should be made to see the cessation of dukkha, an effort should be made to see the path leading to the ending of, of dukkha. So that, that uh, yeah, taking an in, because I mean, we, we put forth effort in many ways. We put forth effort sometimes in getting our, our fantasies and desires, trying to get them gratified, and uh, that usually doesn't end well. And uh, or we put a lot of effort into nursing a grudge or something, <laughs> you know, feeling upset at something or other, feeling slighted. But that that's uh, you know effort that is put forth in in ways that are not fruitful or beneficial. But that, that the Buddha is saying that should we need to put forth an effort to realizing these these four noble truths and uh, it's it's that's you know and in reality is the uh, just by dint of being in this human birth we uh, you know having a body having a mind uh, then we are drawn to different things and so but it's just so important to pay attention to channeling that that draw, that pull, that impulse you know, to make effort into the right directions, into that, that which is really really fruitful and beneficial. Of course, that's what the, uh, the Buddha emphasizes over and over and over again. Is the, I teach only two things, suffering and the ending of suffering. You know, dukkha and the ending of dukkha. Suffering sometimes is a bit uh, maybe dramatic, Sounds a, you know, a bit a uh, bit overwrought, but it's um, but certainly that it is suffering to you know, just experiencing this realm of it all it all this it always falls short. It's the uh, the realm of desire, the realm of clinging, the realm of uh, what we set our hopes and our aspirations towards. It's just the nature of desire. It's never quite quite fulfilled. Even when we put our effort into our, you know, our, our meditation practice and our you know, keeping our, our precepts and, and if we follow desire, you know, we can't we don't really ever get perfect sila or perfect samadhi. It's never quite. It's never quite enough, which is just the way that desire works. It's not that we shouldn't be doing it. They, as the Buddha said, an effort should be made to realize, to see clearly the nature of dukkha and the, 
nature of its origin, the nature of its cessation, the nature of the the way to its cessation. So just paying attention to where our our effort is directed. And to 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 be looking in the realm of the ordinary rather than looking in the realm of the extraordinary. Because when the Buddha defines dukkha and he defines it in the realm of the of the ordinary. Birth is dukkha, aging is dukkha, death is dukkha, sorrow, lamentation, pain, grief, and despair are dukkha. It's the 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 realm of birth and death on a cosmological realm, on a psychological, emotional realm. This is where our dukkha lies, and it's um, you know, on a certain level, it's just really ordinary, but. Yes, through not through not understanding these four noble truths that we have wandered uh, from birth to birth, life to life, uh, in this endless round of samsara, and you know, samsara is you know generally looked on, defined as as the the realm of, of birth and death, um, but literally it means wandering on. And so it's that wandering on of our mind, of our impulses, of our focus. And you know, it doesn't take very long to try to sit and make the mind peaceful, uh, where you realize, uh, why, does, why, do, why doesn't this mind content to just be peaceful? It's got to look for something else. It's wandering on from realm to realm. And you know, again, it can be on the cosmological level or on the the minute psychological, emotional level, but it wanders on. And that just investigating that, paying attention to it, seeing the limitation and 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 the fraught nature uh, of that. Uh, this is investigation of uh, of dukkha. And this is where these four noble truths, the Buddha teaches them in the. I mean, there's the four noble truths. There was, there was a question in the, uh, uh, in the re- from the readings and four, four truths in their twelve aspects, and it's it's a really good question because it's, the Buddha didn't just sort of teach the the, the four noble truths. He, I mean, he did. But he also elucidated them and expanded on them in the sense of there is the the actual truth themselves, but then it's also um, what we say the duty or the task, the task at hand. Uh, what do we? How do we respond? What's our 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 response to these four noble truths? And so that the the noble truth of 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 dukkha is to be fully understood, and then the its fruition is that it has been fully understood. To really to fully understand the the truth of of, of dukkha, um, so it's it's three aspects of 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 the one truth, and the the uh, origin of dukkha is to be abandoned. Let's say that's the duty or the task in the uh, the Pali is kicha, kicha. So the duty, the ta- the task, 
and yeah, the you know the response to when when one sees dukkha clearly and then pays attention and under understands how it originates, then that origin, which the Buddha points to as desire, the different forms of desire, gamatanna, bhavatanna, vibhavatanna, the sen- desire for sensuality or sensual stimulation, sensual sensory excitement, sensory uh, interest, the desire for bhavatanha, for existence, for being, for becoming, uh, the movement towards solidifying the sense of identity, uh, and vibhavatanha, the desire for non-existence, non-being, non-becoming, don't like it, don't want it, it shouldn't be this way, get rid of it. That's the... Uh, uh, and those are all very, you know, relatable. And uh, anybody who's the tiniest bit self-reflective can recognize that that's going on all the time. And so, but that uh, this desire is to be uh, abandoned. And desire, in this sense, is tanha, and it is tanha being literally tanha means thirst. Uh, so it's sometimes translated as craving, as it's the uh, sense of desire which always has a unwholesome root, always associated with some greed, hatred, delusion in some way, shape, or form. It always ends up in dukkha, in dissatisfaction, discontent, dis-ease, suffering. As to be abandoned, of course, other desires that the and the Buddha uses a different word for a desire that can be can be wholesome can be directed because we chanda dhamma chanda desire for the dhamma kusala chanda desire for the for the wholesome desire for the good that's that's to be cultivated that's to be developed and it's not to make oneself into a yeah, well, to annihilate oneself and oh, to abandon that tendency to be constantly pulled to gratification of the senses, the gratification of, a, of an identity. This is me. This is who I am. This is what I should be or shouldn't be, uh, who, who I'm trying not to be, who I'm fed up with and, and bored with, because we get bored with ourselves. We bored with being. And when, uh, when that, yeah, that identification with me is, is the dominant feature in one's life, then, yeah, that's very boring. <laughs> so to uh, being attentive and alert to this sense of how desire works and paying attention to abandoning, and that's what because these truths bleed into each other, lead into each other, so that abandoning of desire, and it's exactly what the Buddha points to is is the cessation of dukkha, is the chago, the relinquishment of 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 this very tanha, this very desire, these desires, 
the desire mind that is relinquished, it's let go of. And that's, these are to be realized, to making it real, and to really relinquish, to let go. And that's the, the, the words that the Buddha uses of how we relate to that uh, desire. Chako patinisago muti analayo. Chako is to, to give up, to give away. Patinisago, to, to relinquish, to let go. Muti, to release, to, to let go. Analayo, not attaching, not non, yeah, non-clinging. I can remember when I first went to Thailand and practicing, listening and learning the teachings, learning the practice, learning the training under Ajahn Chah. And you know, the, as you're learning a language, then you you hear new words, and there's listening to the teachings and and Ajahn Chah sort of emphasizing over and over. It's a boy one, boy one, boy one. And this, this, there's a let go, let go, relinquish, release, let go. <laughs> and uh, so I've been working on that for the last 50 years. <laughs> that uh, you realize that that cessation of dukkha is just, it's such a simple act. Because it's just like, you know, just letting go but you know, the impulse is, is to hang on. It's to, no, let go. But I want to hang on. <laughs> and so it's just, but doing that, that you know, f- physically we can, we can feel that, but you know, emotionally to really investigate that, that, how do I let go? How do I relinquish? How do I release? How do I put something down and not keep, this is the feeling of that impulse and itch to pick, you know, constantly go back and hold on. And, and what will I have if I don't hold on? So it's just really investigating that and realize oh, it's, you know, that, that ability to, to, to just really let go. And again, you see these Four Noble Truths training. It's just the way of practice leading to the cessation of suffering. And this is to be developed. This is to be cultivated. This practice, uh, it's not just a, uh, a theory or a philosophy or an intellectual concept. It is a training. It is a practice. And we can practice and train to develop these, these the, this understanding and the tools to Put this into effect. You know, it's just as a just so important to to be just taking an interest in how how the process works. You know, and part of it is really in in investigate what we assume is our you know what uh, is like a refuge. What do we take interest in? What do we take delight in? Where do we seek our gratification and satisfaction? And, and, and it's so sort of ephemeral. You know, and that's one of the images that, that, that the Buddha uses of the, uh, uh, just like this round of, of rebirth and the following of the, the, the impulses of desire and becoming and 
you're following this cycle of a birth and death. And again, it's this is both on a you know, a cosmological level over many lifetimes and on a psychological, emotional level. Where does it take us? Where does it end up? And the Buddha gives the images like throwing a stick up in the air and you know, sometimes it lands on its top end, sometimes it lands on its bottom end. And, you know, sometimes things turn out good, some things some turn out bad, but it's unpredictable. Um, so that as long as there's say, a lack of wisdom and, and, and real understanding, uh, and it's, it's until we understand these Four Noble Truths, um, we're taking a chance every time we 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 follow an impulse because you're not quite sure where it's going to where it's going to land or it's going to end up and, and and this is what the uh, what this practice is all about just paying attention to that process really trying to to fully penetrate these four noble truths what is the experience of this mind body complex that we call me and is it is it is it all that we assume it to be? Is it all that it's it's cracked up to be? And just sort of seeing in a way that really gives a sense of disenchantment, and not in the sense of being sort of like penetration through depression. I mean, it's not, it's <laughs> it's disenchantment in the sense of breaking the spell of the things we get and get get entangled in. And, you know, what is more entangling than me, the perception of me and my identity and who I think I am or should be or shouldn't be or want to be. And that that assumption of identity, the assuming of this. Um, The other day, reading a a sutta on the... uh, the nature of becoming and and the bhava that becoming being existence that, that craving for existence uh, to exist in some way shape or form or not in the sense of negating it as well but still that that sense of bhava and the mind landing on things and that's that's like the conscious consciousness, conscious energy, conscious directing of attention, as that there's four stations of of consciousness, and that where the mind lands, when the consciousness lands, form, feeling, perception, mental formations, it's, we're, we're entangled in this round, and it's just when consciousness lands on any one thing of the form, physical form of the physical body, form external, feelings internal, external, perceptions, memories, uh, assumptions, thoughts, emotions. What it lands on is impermanent. It is unsatisfactory. It is not self. And there isn't any other place to land that learning how to see that more and more clearly. It's in the seeing, in the seeing, in the understanding, in the penetration, that the quality of release and, and uh, 
Because that's also just the that sense of that when the Buddha is saying that muti is release, but also like one of the one of the descriptions of the fruits of the path is also vimuti, as the same root, and it's freedom of release. That it's it's that seeing clearly that allows the mind to experience freedom of, of of release, and that's that doesn't that's not doesn't need to be taking that on faith or on tradition or it is can be verified for oneself. One experiences for oneself. One sees, understands. So that that it's this quality of knowing, quality of seeing, quality of conscious awareness that is possible, uh, that isn't entangled. It isn't bound up with delusion and, and ignorance. It's based in clear seeing, clear understanding. So this is, this. the Buddha is, is always sort of saying, this is a gradual path that we develop from this Eightfold Path, from right view, right understanding, right, right thought, right speech, right action, right, right effort, right mindfulness, right, right concentration, right sanma samadhi. This, this whole path is developed, and it, but it, it leads and inclines itself towards the ending of suffering. And so that being willing to cultivate this whole path, it's just, and it's not, it is just this cultivation of the body, speech, and mind. It's not out there, it's in here. And it's just the interest and attention and willingness to keep being patient enough to see clearly. Because that's, Similar again, on the ways of teaching of Ajahn Chah, or what Ajahn Chah taught so much was, was truly understand you have to learn how to be patient. Be patient in the sense of an enduring mind, enduring heart, enduring awareness that is willing to be present with what it's experiencing, and not sort of flitting off to the next thing. So that's a uh, hopefully what we've been doing for the past three weeks and what we can be doing for the next couple of months. So I'll offer that for reflection this evening.